to mini episode 73 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? Firstly, I apologise that this episode comes out a little bit late. I decided at the last minute to A, open our merch store and B, have the episode coincide with the opening of the merch store, which is going to be a marathon to get it edited and up, but we'll do our best. So if it's late, I apologise. If I'm in the nick of time, it was never going to be late. But our new merch store is open. The link to it is in the description of this episode. We have some lovely new artwork done by Art by Loretta. You can find her on Instagram. Just a note to anybody that's in the UK or Europe. We have two distribution centres. One is in Europe and one is in the US. If you are in the UK or the EU and you order something, just check and see at checkout whether or not it's being shipped from the US. Because if it's being shipped from the US, it's going to be more expensive. But there should be alternatives or other items that you can get shipped from Europe. And if you look at anything, I don't have the finances to buy some merch right now don't even worry about it because we'll be doing loads of giveaways on our social media so just keep an eye on them and I have five lovely listener stories for you this week and the last story comes from the 9th of July 2020 are you ready? Nope and story number one comes from Lindsay when my co-worker's daughter was little she would say a lot of creepy things One day when she was giving her a bath, she was about to take her daughter out of the bathtub when she saw her daughter looking over her shoulder. My co-worker asked her what she was looking at and her daughter said, Say hi to that woman, mommy. My co-worker told her that there was nobody else there but her daughter persisted and kept saying, No, mommy, there is a woman standing there. Say hi to her. So she said hi and shrugged it off. The next time she did something weird was when they were watching Grease on TV. While they were watching, her daughter all of a sudden said, that's one hot chick, and points to the woman on the TV. My co-worker laughed and asked her where did she hear that from, because it wasn't something that her daughter ordinarily would have said. Her daughter then pointed to a picture on the wall and said, Grandpa said it. The picture on the wall was my co-worker's dad, and her dad had completed suicide before her daughter was born. She never would have heard him say that because she wasn't alive then. The last big story was when my co-worker took her daughter to a friend's house. While they were at the house, there was a little desk that the friend recently bought. It was the perfect size for her daughter, so my co-worker said, Honey, why don't you go sit on the desk chair? Her daughter kept shaking her head and said, I can't sit there. There's a little boy there. There was nobody sitting in the chair. She was the only one who could see him. My co-worker again shrugged it off until her friend told her a couple of weeks later that she had a person in the house who had a psychic gift. The person who came over randomly said, I feel the presence of a little boy here, near the desk. She had no idea about my co-worker's daughter's experience with that desk. I know this isn't the focus of Lindsay's story, but I can't help but smile to the thought of a little girl pointing at Grease and going, that's one more chick. There is nothing more entertaining than children saying things that they wouldn't or shouldn't ordinarily say or children swearing. Like, I just... I just think it's the funniest thing. I know, I know that there are some words that are inappropriate for children to say, but my God, when they say them, it is pretty hilarious. I think in that regard, we are the worst on an uncle because any time any of our nieces and nephews swear and they're not supposed to or say something that's rude or naughty, we have to suppress laughs and often leave the room. So, yeah, I know that wasn't the point of your story, Lindsay. And actually, obviously, there's a, you know, as we talk about before, this idea that kids are quite sensitive to what's not going around them and this this kid clearly has a sensitivity because she's seeing weird women in the bathroom, she's seeing her grandpa and she's seeing a random little boy at her desk. I, I just don't know how you... 
I mean, all of these parents are just kind of like, okay, I'll say hi to the invisible woman. But inside your your heart, you must be like, oh my God, what if she's actually seeing a woman? Do you know what I mean? There's only so much like, oh, it's her imaginary friend or she's just being silly or she's just saying random kids like kids do. If you are the person listening to this who tagged me in that TikTok video the other day, there was a video on TikTok of this dad sitting in his car, right? And I couldn't find it to like put the audio in, but it honestly traumatized me watching it. He said he started off his video by saying, honestly, children are the creepiest thing in the world and nobody tells you that before you become a parent. And his son had been in bed and started bawling, crying. So he went upstairs and to comfort him. And the kid was like, oh, it's the monster, it's the monster. And the dad was like, oh, you've just had a nightmare. And he was like, oh, I can't remember what you said, something really horrific. And was crying about this monster. And then there was this really loud like pop in the room. And the dad didn't do it and the kid didn't do it, right? And the kid looked at the dad and he was like, what was that? And the dad went, oh, it was just, just a bone, a bone in my toe. And then, and the kid went, what if it was a bone in your toe? Then what's that behind you? Whoa, no way. <laughs> and the dad said he turned around and obviously there was nothing there, but he was like, oh dear God, what do I, what do you do? What do you do? I don't, I don't know what you do. I think I'd go one of two ways. I think I'd be either in like a crying Hyster- fit of hysteria or I'd be like pushing the kid for way too much detail and I'd just ruin it I'd be like so there's a woman behind you okay so what's she wearing does she look like anybody we know and the kid would be like I'm five I'd be like I've said no there isn't and you're not respecting my boundaries and actually this is a really good life lesson about respecting boundaries you need to stop I've said no no means no let's never have this conversation again I don't care what you're seeing I'm telling you I don't want to see it too I don't want to be a part of this and that's that's how I would tackle the whole situation and invariably if we ever had a child it would be traumatised because you'd be like tell me more and I'd be like no say nothing so many mixed signals <laughs> I think actually I've just re- res- resided made the resolution that you take the lead on that one <laughs> and story number two comes from Brittany I know that when you are younger and have a ghost story It can just sound like an overactive imagination. But to this day, I still feel like I experienced something really strange. These experiences started around aged nine and they scared the living shit out of me. I'm currently 27 and I can't remember too many things as vividly from that time, but I remember a summer where things got weird. This took place at some point in the early 2000s at an elementary school on Long Island in New York. My dad worked, and still currently works, as a custodian, and being that my parents split up, I would go to work with him on the days he had me in the summer, which was a lot since I loved spending time with him any chance I could. Honestly, I really loved having the whole school to myself. My two older brothers would come every once in a blue moon, but naturally they grew out of spending too much of their summer at the school and stopped coming all together, leaving just me. And that's when things started to get a little strange. There were only three of us in the building that whole summer. Me, my dad and his co-worker Joey. It's a decent sized two-storey building with a gymnasium, auditorium and the other usual elementary school amenities. I would entertain myself the way any kid might during the day. Going into the gym and dumping every ball on the floor from the closet, playing on the computers, reading in the library and making a mess in the art room. Not to mention the best part of it all unlimited tiny cartons of chocolate milk. I suppose it started subtly from what I recall, like being in the middle of shooting hoops in the gym and then all of a sudden just feeling like someone was watching me. 
so much so that I just dropped the ball and left to find my dad. It happened in the computer room too. I was just minding my own business and then I got this very intense feeling of being watched. It would feel heavy in the room when it would happen and like the silence became loud, if that makes sense. It creeps me out just remembering that feeling. It started to happen very often and when it did, I would simply get up from what I was doing and leave to find my dad or his co-worker. One day I had been sitting in the same computer room when it happened again. I decided to tough it out this time and stayed put in my seat, probably playing Oregon Trail or something. I felt that intense feeling making me want to leave but I stayed. And the longer I stayed, the closer it felt. It felt like if I turned around, it would be right there behind me. I remember being so tense that my back hurt. And then I heard whispers. They were inaudible but unmistakably coming from the room I was in. I felt frozen with fear. I remember the voice of the whispers sounding guttural and chaotic. I don't remember how long I sat in fear just listening to something that felt so strange and inexplicable. I snapped out of it when I heard the sounds of women chattering in the hall. I was relieved that there were teachers up there with me, so I got up without looking back and darted towards the voices in the hall. I was on the top floor of the building. It's shaped like a rectangle lined with classrooms on the outside and the centre occupied by bathrooms, closets and a faculty room. The voices I heard were coming from the other side of the building and when I rounded the corner to get to where they were coming from there was no one there. I heard the voices again but now they were coming from the other side of the building where I had just been. So I went back and then again they were coming from the other side of the building. All the while I was searching for people who weren't there I had that feeling when you're running up the basement stairs and feel like someone is right behind you and like ice is running up your spine. I finally decided to run down to the first floor to find my dad. When I did, I frantically told him about the teacher's voices upstairs but not the whispers. I think I was trying to pretend like that bit didn't happen because it was so scary. It was the first time I had told him about anything I had experienced because I was so sure there were women talking in the hall upstairs. He explained that there were no teachers here and that they usually came at the end of the summer to set up their classrooms but it was a bit too early in the summer for that. Also he said that he would have had to buzz them in from the front main entrance for them to come into the school. Him and Joey checked every room for me to see if there was someone there or if there was an open window letting in the noise from outside. There was nothing and no open windows, just the three of us in an empty school. We didn't really talk about it after that until I was older. He didn't tell me I was hearing things, but he didn't try to explain it away either. It was just what it was, and although there had been a terrifying experience, I had been coming to that school since I was a baby, and it was easy for me to feel comfortable being alone again, even if it did take a couple of weeks of being glued to my dad's side. The last encounter I had in the school was when I was upstairs alone, two classrooms down from the room I heard the whispers in. It was nearing the end of the summer, and I was given the task of dusting off chairs and desks in all of the upstairs classrooms from whatever had built up over the summer. Bent over and dusting a chair, I saw in my peripheral vision someone standing in the doorway. I thought it was Joey, my dad's co-worker, because my dad is a bigger guy and this shape looked tall and slender. He was standing there for a while, so I started talking to what I thought was him, but he just stood there not answering me. When I went to look up, I saw a man, but this was not Joey. 
It happened so fast because he turned and sprinted out of the room almost the moment I looked up, but not quickly enough so that I couldn't see his face. I really wish I hadn't because it's burned in my memory. It was pale and it had a human face, but it looked off. The eyes were too big and everything about it looked unnatural. It didn't seem like it was wearing clothes. Its body was all black, although it was shaped like a male's body, but somehow the face seemed like it had skin. I don't remember if it had hair. I was too startled by its face. I froze again. Just stood there, afraid to move until finally my body untensed and I ran back downstairs and into the kitchen. I remember while running away I was afraid it would be in the hallway still, or that it would be in the stairwell waiting for me. I would usually pretend to feel unaffected by spooky things in the school, but this time I ran hard until I found my dad and Joey in the kitchen. Just for the sake of hoping my eyes were playing tricks on me, I asked if either of them had just been upstairs. They hadn't. After I told my dad, they did the whole school check again, reassuring me that no one was there. I remember feeling embarrassed, that I had kept coming to them scared. On the ride home that day, my dad had told me I wasn't crazy, but that there was residue in the school, since it was old and always full of people, and when it was empty, it was still so used to moving around all the time and having all that energy. He said in his time there, he had heard his name being called and mop buckets rolling down the hallways when no one was there but him. He said he hadn't told me the first time because he didn't want to scare me. It's been years now since all of that has happened, But about two years ago from the present day, my dad called me up one night and said, You'll never believe what one of the teachers told me. He then explained that the art teacher claimed to see a well-dressed man standing in the back of a fifth grade teacher's classroom in the middle of a lesson while walking down the hallway one day. Later that day, while the two teachers had lunch, the art teacher asked the fifth grade teacher who the man was standing at the back of the class. She was confused and said there had been no man in her classroom. It was the same classroom I had seen the man with the big eyes. I don't know if it was the same thing that I saw, and I wouldn't tell my dad this since he's frequently there alone to check the building, but I don't know if I believe the activity there is simply a residue or energy. I think there is something that went out of its way to scare me, and thinking about the way I felt when it was around me, I don't think it was friendly. I would never return to that school again. Why are schools just such weird places? Aren't they though? They're such weird places. There's some, definitely something to do with that thing that's really like they're creepy when they're empty because there's normally loads of people in there like we've always said. This is slightly different. It was a man with a weird face. Yeah, not not that's not... That's not residual. No, that's, that's creepy as anything. If you were a kid, right? when I was reading this story I was thinking about you know that episode of The Simpsons where Barton Millhouse gets stuck yeah. in the shopping centre? Like... That's what I imagine it would be like to be a kid in a school having free reign with nobody else there. Like you could play with all the gym equipment you're not allowed to play with ordinarily. And like I think an elementary school, if it is older primary school, like nine upwards, probably has loads of just energy, just energy because kids are going through weird different phases. So I wouldn't be surprised if something was trapped there or attracted to that particular energy. It's just the whole thing is weird. Is weird. If I had access to unlimited chocolate milk, I would have definitely been stuck in the school because I wouldn't be able to move. Haunting or not, the unlimited chocolate milk would bring me back every <laughs> <Yes>. time. 
I'd love to know what that building was before it was a school. It must have been something. Yeah, it was the the fact that someone was seen in the classroom by later as well was is not good. No, because it kind of confirms it, really, doesn't it? it? Like I must say, it must have given Britney some peace of mind that somebody else had seen some of that stuff as well, and that her dad later was like, "Look, I didn't want to scare you. I would be scaring my kids." And this is another story where these parents have great restraint. Because if I, like if my kid came to me and was like, "Oh, I've just heard this," I'd be like, "Whoa, you heard it too? It's fucking weird. It's haunted. This place is haunted." I just say, I just, I'd say what, and I'd say run, and then we'd run out of school again. Another Simpsons reference when uh, <laughs> they think there's a boogeyman in the house. That would be me and you behind the sofa <laughs> with the shotgun. <laughs> And story number three comes from Lynn. Prior to this experience, I was a little bit of a sceptic. I believed that if you spoke about whatever it was that you were seeing, it would be everywhere you'd expect it to be. I will also say this story happened to a friend of mine, but I was involved in it and she asked for my help. Though for someone who had never seen much of anything, I don't know why she would need me, but I went along with it. I will also mention that she dabbled in Wiccan practices when times called for it. She sent me a message one day asking me to come over and I did so when I was able to get away from work. She told me that on numerous occasions that she came home to all of her cabinets and doors opened. She admitted that maybe someone could have broken into her apartment, but she had made sure the door was locked and there was no indication of the door being forced open. After she had talked to me about it and I had calmed her down, we went back to our normal lives. The next week she called me freaked out. That night her and her boyfriend were asleep when she woke up to large dots on the bedroom wall adjacent to their window. Her dog tucked in its tail and ran into the closet. The red dots had moved to her closet and transformed into large red eyes and her dog wailed and hightailed it under the bed. This was obviously a giant red flag to my friend and she woke her boyfriend up and tried to show him what she was seeing and when she tore her eyes from the closet to her boyfriend and then back again when he woke up the red was gone. She tried to rationalise that it could have been someone shining a laser pointer into their bedroom but they were on the second storey and there was no way someone would have been able to point one close enough to be able to do that even if the red eyes in the closet could have been a trick of the mind from being in mid-sleep. This happened several more times in the coming weeks, on top of doors closing on their own with both my friend and her boyfriend in the apartment, either together or individually. After a month of this, they finally gave in and she turned to her Wiccan research. Her and I went to a crystal shop that sold bushels of sage. Her and I bought a few and went back to her apartment. Her boyfriend, my friend and I burned sage and I was instructed to chant certain phrases. I remember it was important to believe in what we were saying or else what we were doing wasn't going to work. For her sake, I really did try. Part of me wanted to ask, what the hell, Nina? Do you really think waving around some smoke is going to fix this? If it's what we think it is, what if we just piss it off more? But I kept my mouth shut and did what I was told. I felt stupid for brushing each corner with the burning sage and chanted the demon or whatever it was, could not stay there and needed to leave. We waved the smoke in each corner in every room and once we were done we put the burning sage in a vase and put it where the events were happening most which was their bedroom. I left that night wondering if what we did actually worked. 
They had a couple more incidents, where most of their cabinets and doors were open, but no more of the red eyes. Eventually, even the doors kept closed, and they never had another incident. Whatever we did, I guess it worked. And I have more of an appreciation for the paranormal and for Wiccan practices. Uh, why, why, red, why red eyes in the... No, I don't want any red eyes in the closet. Thank you very much. That is... Why, why is red eyes? Why... What's going on? I know, right? You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember when we had all those like weird laser pointer lights in our house and they were like red and orange? And then I googled them and it was like, you know, a protective spiritual energy. Well, that was clearly bullshit, wasn't it? Because they were just tiny eyes. No, they weren't. Don't say that. I'm just saying. These are way more sinister than what we saw. We were we saw like little fire fairies. Don't like say the little, F word. <laughs> little fire... Like they were little things like floating around saying, hi. Tiny eyes that no, they hadn't weren't grown tiny up. eyes. Tiny eyes that hadn't they grown up into tiny these little eyes. demons yet. No, you're not allowed to say that. I think um, I think the what I liked about this story was Lynn's lack of belief, but her respect that other people had beliefs and ways of doing things. You know, the, res- the respect not to be like, Okay, I don't actually believe in any of this to, you know, to try just for your friend's sake and go, okay, this is what you believe in and what you think we need to do. So we're going to do it. I think that's a very powerful thing and a very important thing in friendship, but also in fighting red eyed demons. I also think that Lynn's friend did well to do proper research and, and find something that dealt with it, because I would definitely accidentally read the wrong incantation and summon Lucifer himself by accident. So I know very little about witchcraft, and I know there's lots of witches who listen. This is going to sound really silly, but I guess is there like loads of resources for witches to be able to find particular incantations for particular things? Or is it like you kind of do what feels good to you based on particular practices? I'm interested. I'm surprised I never dabbled in witchcraft, to be honest. Seems a very me thing to do. It does, actually. And every yeah. time you tell me that, I'm like, mm, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I did. No, I never did. But I am. I do find it fascinating. I find all the different genres, different elements of witchcraft really fascinating. And it is. I think it's interesting and, and obviously pretty powerful. And story number four comes from Penny and Mary. Before we begin, me, the elder twin, is completely cynical, but also very intrigued by anything ghostly. So it was only in my early 20s that I even accepted the possibility that we lived in a haunted house. I would try and rationalise everything. My younger twin is a little bit more spiritual than me, but even she was always so scared to admit that there may be something paranormal going on there, so we never spoke about it growing up. We even thought that all houses were like this, that all other children were scared in their own houses constantly, and everybody experienced bumps in the night. At the age of eight in 2001, we moved into a small, normal terraced house that was built in the 1950s. We're 27 now, but our mum still lives there. Upstairs has two bedrooms, a bathroom, and a tiny rectangular landing. Because my twin and I shared a room, we got the master bedroom. I say master, but it was only bigger by approximately five square feet, but the extra space definitely helped. The most noticeable thing about the house was the atmosphere. Downstairs was fine, but upstairs felt... different. Especially our bedroom and the landing. It felt heavy, very oppressive. As children, we didn't notice that this was much different to how it should be. We just accepted it. 
Like I mentioned earlier, it was only when we started to grow up that we noticed that it wasn't normal. We would never sleep with the light off. We used to both sleep with the blankets pulled right over our heads and tight around our ears so we couldn't hear anything and my sister slept with her hands also covering her ears. Every night. We would sweat buckets because we were scared and my heart would beat so fast every night trying to just fall asleep. We would hear creaks and things in our room but more than that it just felt terrifying. It felt like something hated us and wanted us to be scared. A creak would happen in the night like footsteps and my sister would ask, Was that you? And I would say yes, just to try to get us to sleep. The room had the standard one pendant light, but no matter how many times you replaced the bulb, the bedroom never seemed to get light. It was always dim. You would be downstairs in the living room, directly below our bedroom, and hear footsteps walking across the bedroom floor. This happened all the time. You just learned to accept it and pass it off as being an old house, even though you could clearly hear the path that the footsteps made. We would be so scared of night time that we vividly remember being at school and having feelings of pure dread that a home time was coming, and therefore being closer to bedtime. One day, during a light sunny day, my sister and I were brushing our hair in the living room, and the handle on the door to upstairs fully went down. Then the door swung open quickly, stopped dead in its tracks, and the handle went up again. Before you think that this was the wind, the handle was fully in its lock. The handle stayed depressed until the door stopped stock still and then went up. Wind doesn't move door handles. Also, the door didn't swing open gently in a breeze. It went fast and then stopped fast at about a 60 degree angle. My sister ran out to our mum who was hanging washing in the back garden. One thing I will add about this particular experience is that it didn't feel scary. Everything felt scary in this house, but for some reason this didn't. I walked back and forth through the door a few times to try and figure out what had happened. But back to the scary things. It was the landing that had the worst atmosphere. Our dad, who was the most logical man in existence, said he was sat in the bath one day when he saw the lock turn slowly to open and then slowly back again. It was one of those twist locks that you could open from the other side with a penny if you wanted to. He was the only person in the house at the time, and even he said he was creeped out, which was a big deal for him to say that. Since speaking to my sister in the past few years, we both feel as though this presence was an older, angry lady. We don't know why we think this, it's just intuition. I would always lean out of my bedroom to turn the landing light on with my head bowed and my eyes scrunched up until the light was on instead of just stepping forward and flicking the switch. My sister has said that she always felt like there was something right in her face when she did that, like there was a vicious woman screaming in her face on the landing. It was terrifying, I know. The strangest thing that ever happened, though, was when we were approximately 11 or 12. We were chatting as we were falling asleep. Our parents were still downstairs watching TV. I suddenly heard light scratching coming from the bathroom door. This wasn't scary as the cat often got stuck in the bathroom and would scratch to let us know she was in there and we'd let her out. I said, Mary, Topsy is stuck in the bathroom, go let her out. We found it quite funny. She said that I should do it and then we had a back and forth of who could be bothered to get out of bed and let her out. As we did, the scratching got louder. It began as scratches at the bottom of the door like a little cat, but now the scratches were loud and the full length of the door. Not slow scratches, 
manic scratches like something desperately wanted to get out. We both got up together, confused and scared, put our dressing gowns on and went on to the landing. We thought it was scary and strange but just wanted to believe the cat was really pissed off. I put my hand out to open the door handle. Before I touched the handle, the door flew open and a big gust of energy or wind or God knows what came out towards us, stopped at us and in one fluid movement flew into my parents' bedroom, which was on the right of us. We heard animal-like feet on the floor really fast and the closed curtains billowed up and whatever it was went out of the open window. Although we saw nothing, whatever it was was invisible to us I can't explain how you could physically feel it there. It was terrifying. But it also felt like whatever it was just wanted to get out of the house like it was caught in the wrong place. We ran downstairs to tell our parents and the cat was curled up in front of the fire. They obviously didn't believe us. And honestly, if my sister hadn't seen it too, then I would have thought I had dreamt it up. I really cannot explain what happened that night. The oppressive, dark feelings hung on to the house right up until we both left for university age 18. One night around age 17, my sister was alone in the house and having a bath. When she got out, she went into our bedroom to get ready for a chilled evening watching TV and then bed. But something felt off. The light was on, but it only seemed to give out about half of the amount of light that it should. It was a dimmer switch, so she went to turn it up, but it was already fully up. As she started to get dressed, she felt the heaviest and most oppressive feel to the room. The ceiling was blackening and she felt that with every fibre of her being and for her safety, she needed to get out of the house. She quickly got dressed, grabbed a coat and her phone and walked to her boyfriend's house, which was over an hour's walk away in the dark with dripping wet hair because there was no way she could have stayed in that house. In 2013, age 20, we lost our dad in a devastating mountain climbing accident. Our lives were literally ripped apart and the three of us went to live at our grandparents' house for the two weeks following. When we eventually came back home, the atmosphere was completely gone. Just gone. The house felt light even at night time. None of us were scared anymore. We slept with the light off again and no creepy noises or feelings happened. We honestly believe that whatever it was, our dad has gotten rid of it and is looking after us. We often joke about the fact that dad will have come to look after us from the other side, have seen the something attached to us and been like, what do you know? They were telling the truth all along. We've also heard that going through puberty gives off strong energies that entities can sometimes be attracted to and that twin energies are strong too and can draw things to them. So perhaps this is why whatever it was found us or perhaps it was already in the house. We would love to have a medium come to the house to find out whatever it was, but of course, whatever it is, is no longer there. If you or anyone you know could shed some light on why this thing was bothering us, we would love to know. We still don't know whether it was attached to us both, just Mary, or to the house. I very strongly believe that your father came and cleared that house out for you. Definitely, and I can just imagine him being like, what do you know? (laughs) This wasn't a load of shit all along. It was actually real. Now I feel a bit, I would feel bad. I'd be like, oh, I probably should clear it out for them just to make it, just to make up for the fact that I never believed them. I pictured him like rolling up his sleeves to deal with the the spirits that are there and like, right, off you go. Had enough of this. Doing like a proper sort of dad, you know, uh, boyfriend comes around kind of thing. Not having any of this nonsense. Off you go. Or, you know, stereotypical UK bouncers 
in a pub at the end of the night. Okay, yeah. <laughs> drink up now, lads. <laughs> <laughs> twins, right? Always, there's like weird shit with twins. I know that there are, like, I know twins who I've had this conversation with and I've been like, do you ever have weird shit? And they're like, no. All right, no, absolutely not. But there are obviously other twins who say, you know, they can feel each other's pain and all that weird stuff. Do you think that when parents find out that they're having twins or triplets that they're like, oh no, double ghosts? Oh, I think it's more like two screaming babies, I think. Well, after, the t- <laughs> after the two screaming babies, are you like, oh God, two sets of imaginary friends, uh, you know? I feel like, you know, if you can get if you can get your, your plan in and, and looking after the twins and, you know, manage that, then actually it's kind of helpful because they've kind of got their own playmate from day one. So you can just kind of... Or also, if you can handle twins, you can handle anything paranormal. (laughs) There's that too. I do have the feeling that that thing that was in the bathroom potentially wasn't supposed to be there because it really sounds like it was trapped. They let it out and then it just left. That sounds really... like That is the weirdest thing I've heard in ages. Like, but they heard it and they felt it. How weird is that? Like, what was it? And then, but then it just left. Yeah, out the window. Like, was it, <laughs> like, was there like a portal? Genuinely, yeah. I know I hate that. I hate, hate the whole portal thing sometimes because it's over, it's overused and not, not in the right kind of context. It's like a hyperbolic, but like, was there, did something slip through a portal in their bathroom and be like, oh shit, what, what? <laughs> Where am I? And then just desperate to get out like a trapped animal. Maybe it was like a spirit from a couple doors down that took the wrong exit or the wrong entrance door on the other side, expecting to go into the house that they normally haunt, went in and then couldn't get back out again and was like, oh, crap. And story number five comes from Triple Mega. When I was a kid, we lived in this old house for about a decade and we experienced a lot of strange things there. My brother once claimed to have seen a ghost that looked like the grudge. On a side note, he also claimed to have put the same ghost into a chokehold, which didn't really add up for me. My sister would see furniture moving and even had her ponytail pulled at one point. For me, I was so young that I don't think I realised it was a ghost that I was seeing, but I would regularly see a woman in her 40s. She had blonde hair and I remember being terrified of her and running away from her. In the garden, there were some really old trees and one was a cherry tree that we used to pick the fruit from. After my family moved out, a new family moved in, and one of the first things they did was cut down the trees, and apparently the haunting in the house became much darker and much more intense. Massive nope for me. Don't want to be seeing no ghost that looks like the grudge ghost. Yeah, but you know how to deal with it, though. You just put her in a chokehold, <laughs> and then you'll never see her again. That's such a, it's such a big brother braggadocio. Don't use words you can't use. Bragging from big brothers, isn't it? It definitely is, and you can, like... When you were a kid, if your big brother was scared, I mean, I know you didn't have a big brother, but if your big brother was scared, they'd be like, yeah, well, I'm not even scared. Like, exactly, that is exactly. the kind of energy. <laughs> they're freaking out. They saw ghosts and they're like, yeah, but I actually wasn't even scared because I just got her in a chokehold and, you know, we're never going to see her again. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, I could, I can agree with you as well, being a triple mega, being a young, a youngish child or a young child and seeing a woman that you don't recognize in your house regardless of what they look like or what they do is terrifying yeah and i can but you can also understand them not realizing oh, yeah. that it's a ghost just being like who is this woman in my house <laughs> like why are you here you're really scary and just thinking why do my parents keep inviting this woman over she's really weird she just stands in the corner her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i wonder what it was about the trees who knows that's I think, very interesting i think there's probably we've said this said this all the time there's probably stuff about nature that we just don't understand if you're going to be talking about like elementals and stuff, 
we've had stories before where there's been like elementals con- connected to the land. So maybe the neighbours that moved in, they just cut the trees down without a second thought. But actually they were housing or they were connected to something that wasn't happy with them being cut down. That just says don't cut down trees, just, well, that, just in case. That's an actual fact because somebody was cutting down stuff in our garden today and broke our window. So, <laughs> And it wasn't even a tree. <laughs> it wasn't even a tree. So that is a note for so everybody needs to know that. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on com. You can submit your own story to com. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you next week. <laughs> Bye.